Welcome to Hi. Cranked and Ranked. <laughs> um, yes, another episode of Cranked and Ranked. And if you're paying attention, yes, this is the second of our Primus discography uh, ranking. And um, for those of you who are new, welcome. Cranked and Ranked is a show where we rank rock and metal and other music-related shits, usually, usually, bands' discographies. Um, and today is the second half of us doing Primus. We're doing the top five Primus albums. And as usual, here to uh, guide you on this journey uh, is me, Stephen, or Old Head. With me, as always, Eddie Sparks. Hello. Yo. Hey. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So it, we we spoke a little bit about this before we started this episode where where we were talking about how difficult it was to rank this bottom or top half these five albums because they could kind of go in any order um there yeah there are really strong qualities about all five of the albums that are in my top five to the point where i kept going back and saying is this right should i move this and then finally you know at the end of the day I'm like, you know what? Nobody's grading me on this. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just going to leave it with what my gut tells me is the correct uh, ranking. Because uh, I somebody else like commented on the last episode, and their ranking was very different to where they had like the Brown album like up higher. You know, I'm like, well, I guess yeah. that's the kind of band that Primus is. They're a band that like you you connect with what you connect with, and none of it's bad. But it's like each fan, I think, kind of has their own thing they, yeah. they connect with and it's and it's interesting um but you know the way that things you know smoothed out for our ranking we're actually both ranking the first five releases in whatever yeah. order we decide to rank them in which is you I, I mean i would call those like the original classic run of the original trio of dudes that started you know, from Suck on This all the way through Tales from the Punch Bowl. And, uh, and then, yeah, because after that, there was a little bit of, you know, I guess, well, I guess it was just drummers for the most part that was, uh, <laughs> that was a little bit of a, in, an, in and out, as they say. Um, anyway, so yeah, um, forget, forgive me if I'm a little bit slow today. Um, I was I was up celebrating 10,000 subscribers last night drinking uh, with hey. the, bar- the barbecutioner from Chromium Dioxide. And if for those of you who saw that live stream, if you haven't, go check it out. It's on my YouTube page. But for those of you who, who were there, you, you're probably wondering, like, how did how did Steven even get up and do anything else? Because I, mean, I was not anywhere near as drunk <laughs> as as Phil was, Philip. Um, but uh <laughs> I, in trying to catch up with them at the end, like once we ended the the thing, I was like, you know, on my seventh beer, and I'm just like, woo, okay, because I don't normally drink like that. I'll drink, I'll drink a few beers. I, you know, I'll throw, I'll, I'll toss a few back here and there. But um, that 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 amount that quickly, I'm usually like, no, nah, I don't. I, I'm, I'm I need to pace myself. I'm an old man. I can't. Well, I guess he's an old man too. But uh, he partied, he partied hard. He partied like he was in Motley Crue. Um, yeah. Last night. Yeah. That that's the thing. I I look like I could keep up with the guys <laughs> in Motley Crue. I I I fucking hate hangovers so much. Like I I love to drink. Yeah. But it's the day after that I'm like. Oh. Uh, yeah, God, that's why. That, done. Yeah. I wouldn't have been a good rock star because I I there has to be. A scheduled nap, so I would be I would be bugging yeah. the other dudes like, hey, t- hey, Tommy, Vince, like, when do we nap? When's nap time? Yeah, because like, sorry, like I can't just keep doing this. There's got to be a time where we where we take a little nap. Uh, you know, even if you want to do it surrounded by scantily clad women. No fine. nap, only pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, that's a very different world from what we're talking about because, um, yeah, <laughs> by all accounts, Primus were not 
rock stars and are not rock stars. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they're 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 famous in their own right, but um, uh, I'm pretty sure. And I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure that Les Claypool never had like groupies backstage with him um, at any point. I, I don't know, man. Like that kind of guy. Like, I just, I just feel like at least at like one of every show, there was probably like one alternative girl there with dreadlocks that just <laughs> fucking got him. Like, you know, <laughs> she was just like, yeah, Jerry was a race car driver and he drove so goddamn fast. Wow, maybe so maybe he did get a little bit of action i don't know i I still got i gotta eventually dig into to the primus book that i bought and maybe it'll have a little bit of that i don't know maybe there was some debauchery on the road but um (laughs) probably nowhere near uh the motley crew level and um so yeah so uh so primus the top five primus albums according to us um, so let's just, let's just jump right into it. Cause I, if this is anything like the last episode, there'll be some tangents that'll pop up along the way. And yeah. um, we just, we're just going to let them happen because that's how we roll. Uh, so let's start off as usual, throwing it over to Mr. Eddie Sparks to start us off with his number five Primus album. Okay. So my number five Primus album is Tales from the Punch Bowl. Okay. 1995. So this is the last of like the original run of Primus records in the first run to feature Tim Alexander on drums. Yeah. And I mean, the dude's a fucking beast and Mm -hmm. he is incredible on this album as he is on all of them. Um, I think this is the first one where things began to splinter within the band though. They they were starting to have a few creative differences around Mm -hmm. this time. Um, but it doesn't affect the musicianship whatsoever because there's some awesome shit here. So, uh, yeah. without further ado, Professor Nutbutter's House of Treats is anxiety in song form. Like, I, I was driving <laughs> to work when I was listening to this song and I thought, fucking hell, I love this, but should I be driving a car right now? <laughs> like... Like the but I'm thinking shit, shit. Am I in control of this car? Um, yeah, and it's that's like a seven eight minute song too. Um, yeah, but yeah, awesome, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Blaylene, catchy but kind of understated, a bit, a little bit more vibey, but still has a little bit of a oomph to it. Yeah, one uh, as Big Brown Beaver is one of the best songs of all time. Like, super good song, really fun sing-along, iconic video. It has it all. And their their most successful single they ever put out. That was the most successful single. I don't know about over in the UK, but in America, um, it was was a... It's 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 weird. It became a thing like you saw it on MTV a lot. I guess you you also saw My Name is Mud quite a bit um, when that came out. But it seemed like the Winona video, like... It's it caught on in like a really strange way, and um, it's I think I said infectious. this last time. Yeah, but I think that's why I said last time that that that's why the '90s were awesome because like something like that would be like a hit song, and um, yeah, I miss that. I I really miss that. I will say like something that becomes really clear in this discography is that um, the the songwriting of you know, Les Claypool and, and Primus, you know, there's so many characters in this band, like, that they tell the story of, like, there's so many songs that have someone's name in them, you know, like, yeah. Professor Nut Butter, Mrs. Blaylene, Winona's Big Brown Beaver, like, that's three songs in a row that have, like, names in them. There's one on Pork Soda literally called My Name is Mud, there's Jerry was a race car driver, Tommy the cat, John the yeah. fisherman. Like it, you, did, you know, and the, I, 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 do, I do have to say I, it doesn't bother me, but I, but it, but a little, a little nitpick that I can make about Les Claypool is that he really loves the uh, devil went down to Georgia style vocals because yeah. he does a whole lot. <laughs> like he does that a lot, and I know it was probably done before Devil went down to Georgia, but that's what it that's what it makes me think of every time. Yeah, 
<laughs> he, he does that quite a bit. Like not, you know, not to the point where I, I feel like he's, you know, phoning it in, but he, he really does like that oh, style. No. I, I guess it goes good for like a storytelling time. You know, if you're going to, yeah, if you're going to have those kind of lyrics. I mean, it, it, the, there's like so many elements to Primus that shouldn't work, but do like you've got yeah. f- fucking, you know, prog metal drums. You've got funk bass with like kind of, you know, power chord kind of stuff thrown in there. You know, yeah. you've got whacked out psychedelic should sound wrong, but for some reason works guitars. And then yeah. over the top of it all, you've got Les Claypool doing his Devil Went Down to Georgia vocal style <laughs> over the yeah. top. And it's like, it's like how, how, it, how did these wonderful planets align and just make this awesome thing? Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, Southbound Pachyderm is a really cool, like, moody track. Yeah, it's got, it's got um, a good vibe, like, real sort of creepy vibe, real mellow, but yeah, but, but cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, space Farm sounds exactly how the title <laughs> it sounds, sounds like a space farm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Year of the Parrot is batshit insane, but super groovy. That could be said for their whole discography. Yeah. Um, Hellbound 17 and a half theme from. Uh, one of my favorite song titles I think I've ever read on this show. <laughs> um, Glass Sandwich is this like spooky waltzy track. You've got a really cool beat to it. Like... Like... How do they come up with this shit? It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, Del Davis Tree Farm. There's a part at the end of this song I can only describe as jolly funk. Like, it's just delightful. Yeah. Um, now, here, here's one that I inexplicably really took to. Uh, uh, what is it? Dianza Jig. Um, I can't remember who said it in the conversation. It could have been me, to be honest, but... I remember talking to a couple of friends of mine about Primus and the term redneck prog came up in a conversation and that's always <laughs> just stuck with me. But I, I love the um, I, I love the like baseline in this thing like bird bird like it just puts me in a good mood. Um on the tweak again. There's just something about the bass drum in in Primus that's so satisfying. There's always a really good thud to it. Yeah. Um, oh God, Over the Electric Grapevine is like one of their more trippy, psychedelic journeys of a song. Captain Shiner is kind of a callback to the Anza Jig. And, you know, I, I, I like it, but it, it, it's one of the best sounding Primus albums, but it's also got parts that are more memorable than others. And I no. think, I think of the first four, um, studio releases it's probably the least memorable, but it's still super enjoyable. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, and, and we are already starting off neck and neck cause uh, that's my number five. Also tales from the hey. punch bowl. I agree with a lot about what you said. I, I I really like this album. I have to admit, like when this album came out, and, and I and I first bought it, it uh, it took several listens for me because I I think the first few songs there's there's things about them that immediately grab you, but the ones later on took a little bit for them to grow on me, and yeah. Um, I ended up really liking this album, but it was the first Primus album I had heard that there wasn't an immediate thing where I'm like, oh, this album's awesome. It was like, uh, do I really like this? I'm not sure. But, you know, it, yeah. it, in the end, I did. Uh, but those areas of the album, like I'm talking about in the later half, um, the best word I can use is that they, when they get a little bit too meandering, like it yeah. doesn't, there really doesn't seem to be a purpose I don't enjoy it as much. Although, like, I have to say, like, in the initial run of their albums, like, this one ends up in the top half of the countdown because I love the fact that they clearly progressed up to a point where 
Tales from the Punch Bowl, they're 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 it's the it's it's they're pushing things to like the oddest extremes possible. And so mm-hmm. they can't really do like the heavy funk thing. They've done that. So I get that. And so yeah. on this one, they they kind of lean on the odd side of things a little bit more. And um it it still sounds like Primus, but it's just I guess I, I hate using the word the word uh progressive or psychedelic with them because i almost feel like it sells them short but there's there's elements Mm. of those together the proggy and the psychedelic but it's done in a primus way and Mm. um which is unlike anybody else's progressive or psychedelic but um yeah i i i I like how odd the album is and at the same time it also has the most successful single they ever released so that's that's yeah. kind of interesting about this album. Um, but but honestly, like this album at the time, it, it, it because it didn't hit me as hard as I as I had hoped, that's that's why my primus story kind of ended there for a long time. Cause I was just mm-hmm. like, all right, well, you know, they I'm not feeling it really, you know. I, I it was fine, but I'm not going back to listen to this album a lot. Um, which is the same thing today. I don't listen to this album very much, but when I do put it on, like like you said, it's probably the best sounding, like production wise, Primus album. And yeah, there's a lot of great shit on it. But uh, if I if I'm going to grab a Primus album, it's going to be one of the four that are going to be following this one. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, while it's still a fucking great album, Tales had to come in at number five for me as well. So uh, let's move on to number four. Cool. So my number four is Suck On This. Awesome. So uh, this is their uh, debut, but it's also a live album. So it's not a studio kind of affair. And it's also uh, 1989. So that's like, that's still in the 80s. This is early, early days. Um, which is, there's nothing about it that sounds eighties. <laughs> it's the, yeah, they were yeah. already in the future. <laughs> yeah. That these guys live in their own fucking universe, dude. Yeah, like t- totally different timeline. The Primus timeline. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I didn't do like a full track by track for this one, seeing as tracks from this one appear as studio versions later on. But you know, you get the heckler, you know, that didn't appear as a studio version until um antipop and even that even then it's a hidden track but um everybody say larry you're a bastard (laughs) larry you're a bastard (laughs) um do you like it uh tim alexander is a fucking beast again like his grooves and fills are among the tastiest i've ever heard and Mm. i came to realize recently as to like how subliminally influenced I am like drum fill wise I am by um Tim Alexander mm-hmm. I will raise my hand and say I'm nowhere near as good as Tim <laughs> Alexander but there's a lot of stuff that he does that I think oh I want to use that and, and I I like there's not too many drummers that make me really go fuck dude but he's he's one of those he's one of the mm. select few but yeah Tommy the Cat is already an immensely complex song and to think that it got as fast as it did on Sailing the Seas of Cheese is mental because even here it's still an impressive live performance albeit slower yeah. but you know, and the rest is just a fucking awesome Primus live set. Um, and it really captures a young, hungry band doing absolutely insane shit. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Agreed. It, I, I'm now wondering if we're going to be uh, matching up all the way down because my number four is also suck on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I agree with everything you say. First of all, I love the fact that their debut album was a live album. But the one thing that I want to say about this is that live albums up to a certain point, like I put them on and they sound great. And then something happened with live albums. I don't know if you've noticed this, but like live albums that get released like 90s and beyond 
have some awful sound on them. And mm-hmm. like, like there's, I can't think of a modern live album that I heard and went, yeah, that sounds fucking great. I'd rather listen to this than the, than the, the studio versions like that, that doesn't, it's, you know, I'm talking about well, not, when you're not watching the band, when you're just listening to a live album, but then yeah. you, you, you go back to 1989, these dudes didn't have a label, a record deal. They just recorded it on some equipment that, that they had. Yeah. And it sounds great. Like the energy to it is fucking great. And I'm like, well, why is yeah. it so hard to replicate that kind of thing nowadays? Cause it's, it's, you know, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. It's it, so this album is, is always been special to me because I'm always amazed at just like, it doesn't matter that it's a live album, but on top of that, the fact that it's live and the fact that you hear some crowd interaction and stuff, it actually is the perfect debut for Primus because they're that the energy that they have live and the energy they have connecting with the audience is like part of the thing that makes them great. And yeah, and they it's just uh, I, I I mean, I don't think that every band should do a live album for the first album, but it really does like it cuts to the chase about how, you know, you can clearly hear how great our songs are, but you can also hear that we're a great live band just getting all that out of the way in one album. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like don't need to don't need to worry about that. So you didn't hear a really well produced, slick debut album, and you're wondering if we can pull it off live. Maybe that was part of it. It's like people people are like, Les, nobody's gonna believe that you can play this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then we'll put out a live album first. I mean, I know that probably wasn't the thinking, but still, it's uh, it's it sounds great, and I don't really have a lot to add. Apart from like, you know, what you were saying about Suck on This. It's a really great album. Um, I ended up putting it number four, even though I really enjoy this. Because yeah. I, I was I was a little bit iffy on, do I like the presentation of the songs here or the recorded versions on Frizzle Fry more? And I literally had to go and listen to them back to back, some of the tracks. And I'm all like, you know, at the end of the day, I actually really do like the studio recordings of them. So while I think this is a cool beginning to the band and everything and, uh, and an amazing live album, you know, on its own, um, I just think that the, the, they did, they did better like studio versions of what they, what they did beat this album out for sure. So it ends up being also my number four. Now this is going to be interesting. I, we, we may, we may like diverge from each other, but I think this is going to be the, the telling point or the number three, mm-hmm. if we don't match up on number three or if we do match up on number three, then I have a feeling we're going to match up the entire rest of the way. That's just my, my uh, prediction. So um, what is your number three Primus album, Eddie? I want to, pre- I, I want to preface this by saying my top three, they're on an equal playing field. I love each of these three equally. Yeah, they're they're a, a trilogy of masterpieces. But my number three is Frizzle Fry. Okay, well, um, I'm not going to say anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just go, go into your Frizzle Fry. Now, I think of the, of the three, I think this one definitely has... Probably, if if you would like to call it the most metal sound, Primus probably did, because there's some very aggressive guitar moments on here, and maybe um, between this one and Antipop, but um, but yeah, yeah. you're right, yeah, it, like coming straight in with to defy the laws of tradition, like it, that is a nasty, groovy, heavy song, oh, um. Yeah. Love the, you know, suppose the tax man, he comes to town. Like all of the rhythms and stuff. Super cool song. Great way to, you know, blast through the wall and say, hey, we're Primus. We suck. Uh, but <laughs> they fucking yeah. rule. Yeah. But don't, don't tell but the they, fans they that. supposed to say they suck. They suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Primus sucks, guys. But um, that's a it's a really confusing thing to people that aren't fans because they'd be like, yeah. "Why are you being such a dick?" 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And then immediately followed up with Groundhog's Day. Like, this one's a slow burner that absolutely kicks off halfway through. Like, it's, it's a deceptive song where it's kind of like, uh, this one's kind of more chill. Psych! <laughs> yeah. Um, too many puppies, ride simple goodness, and just thumping riffage that, in yeah. this one. The the like, thump of that song is too fucking good, man. It's too many puppies. <laughs> My favorite part. Which part is it? Too many puppies. <laughs> like yeah. no, I love that part. Too, too. many puppies. puppies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, this album's a great time, and it, you know, Mister Noel. This song rules so goddamn mm-hmm. good. It, it, this one has an almost Faith No More feel at times. It kind of reminds me of the song um, R and R. Uh, yeah. with the kind of guitar parts in it. And then obviously in the Faith No More song. But there's a very Mike Boarding kind of drum beat in this one, and I, I really like that. Yeah. Frizzle Fry, fuck me, the groove in this song. The bass line in, the, in it is sick. I love the kind of, you know, Arabian kind of things coming in here and there. Um you know, you got John the Fisherman, absolute classic. And I love the fact that Kirk Hammett appears in the music video on the fishing boat. Like yep, yep. He, he doesn't stand out as Kirk Hammett, but you, you do see him if you kind of like squint and, oh shit, it's Kirk Hammett. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can't kill Michael Malloy, uh, is this kind of waltzy interlude. Uh, and then the toys go winding down. You know, it gives you a false sense of, False sense of security at the start. Don't know what happened with the word there. I had a malfunction. Um, That's a bit, a bit of a tongue twister. False sense of security. It's a lot of S's is in there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, we'll, prob- we'll probably end up putting this through a DSer and then you can't hear that shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's got like a whimsical acoustic thing going on before just slamming into one of the album's heaviest moments with a like ah. That's a really that that riff is is pretty dark for Primus. Like just it sounds very dark because a lot of their stuff doesn't really get that dark. But I've always thought that 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 bass riff. I'm like it sounds it sounds pretty dark. It wouldn't be out of place on a thrash album, straight up. Like, you could have, like... Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, it'd be fucking awesome. But uh, it's just as awesome when Primus does it. Uh, put in time, this is a case of, what the fuck? I love it. <laughs> you know, there's so many moments in this that I think, ah, there's so much going on. But I, I, it, it's amazing. It's like this hell ride. Um Southington Willoughby is another fun short one. Uh, Spaghetti Western, crazy heavy vibe thing meets slam poetry. (laughs) Um, Howard of the Rocks is this kind of funky rocking one. Uh, To Defy is this warped, fucked up callback to the opener. Uh, Mm. And then on certain versions, you get uh, a cover of the Resident songs, uh, Hello Skinny Constantinople, uh, which is cool too. All in all, fucking awesome heavy funky primus album love it it's awesome yeah buy it and, and it's it seems like that that this is because i feel like that there are like there's many different types of primus fans but i feel like there's a definite two sides where there are the people that enjoy the heavier side of primus and people that enjoy the quirkier you know maybe not as as metallic side of, yeah, of Primus, and so I could understand why some people would be like, "Suck on this." I mean, not suck on this. Uh, 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 Frizzle Fry is like not not one of their best albums because they they got better, and you can say technically they got better, which they did get better. Yeah, but um, I love this album, and it's so it is not my number three. Yeah, um, this was this was rough, but I agree with you. All three of these albums could all just be number one. Um, yeah, any they, day of the week. I, I I kept going back to check and be like, ah, should I move this? Uh, and so, 
it, it was it was difficult for me, but my number three had to go f- uh, to Pork Soda from 1993, which I mean, I can't. This is it's it's really tough because I'm like, oh, this is number three, but there's so much good shit on this album, mm-hmm. and it was like the first time that like that Primus like you know hit like the the top ten in the Billboard charts, like they were in the top ten. Yeah, uh, a band a band that just that put out an album like Pork Soda is it not not top ten rock charts, pop, a top ten all across the board. Yeah, like they were up there up there with the likes of Mariah Carey or whoever, you know, <laughs> like they and that that just that just makes me uh that makes me happy because it's already a a big deal if you even break the Billboard two hundred, but if you're in the top ten, Jesus fucking Christ! And so um, once again, the nineties were awesome. And they brought mm. us an, an, an album like Pork Soda, which, uh, you know, going from it's a further progression of their sound going from Frizzle Fry to Seas of Cheese to Pork Soda. Like, you know, they 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 literally kept one upping themselves in some way um, yeah. with what they were doing. And I love how. That Pork Soda is a really good combination of of uh their their showers and their growers so they're the songs that yeah. like hit you immediately and then the other ones that become really awesome the more that you listen to them and this particular album is the one where when i put it at number three and i i, I settled on it i was like this could easily be somebody's number one because you could say that it's the quintessential primus album because mm. all of the elements i almost feel like this is probably the absolute best starting point for anyone wanting to listen to Primus because you've got all the different flavors that of Primus from the couple albums prior and you get a lot a big glimpse in where they end up going. So I almost feel yeah. like listen listen to Pork Soda. If you like this album, chances are you're going to like everything. You know, cuz mm. it's it's just right there. It's got all the things. So in that respect, it should be number 1. But I, I, the only reason I moved it here is because I'm like, there are a couple songs that maybe drag a little bit, mm. but that's nitpicking because it's a it's a really 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 good album, and it was a big deal when it came out because I was already a fucking Primus fan, and then you hear you see the video for My Name Is Mud, and you're just like, fuck man, this is yeah, this is awesome, um. But uh, and that's and that was that was another really weird video to all of a sudden see coming on MTV just like during the day because like it's yeah. like you know because most most people like like us us headbangers and metalheads and whatnot <laughs> a lot of our shit got played at night on Headbangers Ball yeah. or something else but you started to see My Name Is Mud just randomly during the day yeah <laughs> and I'm just like that is a really weird song to just be throwing out there but at the same time like that's that's so awesome because i can imagine like the the number of fans that ended up getting into primus who never would have known that that band even existed and yeah. maybe and maybe for those people primus was that band you know with the, the first time you hear uh, a distorted guitar or you know some heavy part of some song whatever it is that that unlocks that thing where you go oh i want to get into this music like yeah. imagine that, that there had to have been kids that heard my name is mud and went there's there's music like this out there. Yeah. Now, you know, the, the disappointing part is they find out that there's not a lot of music like this out there. <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely opened opened the doors for uh, for them to uh, to experience more. And so once again, the '90s were fucking awesome, and I, I loved that that sort of shit happened. And uh, this album's great. I, honestly, like the the I, I'm I'm on the fence about whether or not this one or Tails is the better sounding because Pork mm. Soda sounds great. Yeah. Because um, because while the my top two albums overall I think are better albums production wise is where I have my little gripes, but I feel mm. like they finally nailed it with Pork Soda, and I don't know who. I think it was produced by Primus, but they had obviously like, you know, the engineers, studio engineers or whatever. So whatever it was, they figured out how to capture this weird 
combination where the bass is the primary instrument, which is, you know, like how many bands are that or like that, where the bass guitar is louder than the electric guitar. Cause usually it's a, yeah. the bass guitar is just layered right underneath the, uh, the electric guitars. But with Primus, it's the other way around. And yeah. um, anyway, Pork Soda is a, a really great album. We'll, we'll talk about it more because you haven't talked about it yet, but it, uh, it ended up being my number three. So moving on, our top two Primus albums. Cool. So that's a good jumping off point because my number two is Pork Soda. Uh, and for a long time, it was my go-to Primus album. Because yeah. like you said, it had kind of the best of both worlds. It has the heavy moments and it has the weird, crazy shit going on too. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dive right into the tracks. Um, Pork Chop's Little Ditty uh, is a short little mandolin ditty, which immediately <laughs> like cuts right into my name is Bert. Yeah. Like, that baseline, that baseline is probably my favorite Primus riff. Like, it's so weirdly rhythmic. Like, but it's yeah. also so simple. But I can't. I've never been able to figure out like how many times he's hitting it. It's like, but on the bank, but like really low i'm just thinking how the fuck is this one of the heaviest things i've ever heard like yeah i'm listening to it and you know that there are metal bands that don't elicit the riff face that i get out of this song i just hear it and i'm like yeah fuck, dude like uh and, and then the um you know larry lalon's guitars come in and they're like in what world but Primus does it work? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I, I'm blown away to this day by this song. Um, Welcome to this world. Absolutely crazy song. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of me imitating parts <laughs> on this, Mouth on this album. Yeah. Um, absolutely insane bob now this is a dark song like yeah, lyrically yeah. and in sound um super cool parts yeah, especially the burning burning kind of stuff and you know obviously the the main hook in it is i had a friend that had a belt took the belt and hung himself hung himself in the doorway yeah, the apartment where he lived. yeah yeah and it's it, so much of this album feels like this. I, I don't want it to sound like I'm giving it a disservice, but it sounds like a, a comedy horror movie. I like so many parts on here. I'm like, I feel uneasy, but I love it. <laughs> um, DMV, also one of my favorites. Super yeah. fun song. Great baseline. Great groove. Um, old Diamondback Sturgeon. Fisherman Chronicles, Chapter 3. Um, really cool, chill song. Uh, Nature Boy gradually gets more and more intense and picks up speed. Uh, Wounded Knee is this percussion interlude. Quite cool. Uh, pork Soda, love the chorus on this one. Yeah. Grab yourself a cup of Pork Soda! <laughs> You'll be feeling just fine! <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like I, at the at the end of this, I'll do a supercut of all of the mouth bass and other things that you're doing. By the way, did you see the ending of our last episode and what I threw what I threw together? I I haven't yet. I still need to catch up. If you, yeah. in case it, in case you, any of you haven't, at the very end of it, I do a little a loop of your later uh, dude, and it makes me laugh every time I watch it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah go if if any of you haven't if you if any of you didn't stay t past the end credits there was a there was an extra scene and uh go check it out anyway go, go I'm ahead. I'm going to be watching that right after this episode <laughs> <laughs> um well where, where where was I where was I boy oh I got myself uh the pressman which is a, a vibey track 
Mr. Old track. That's on that's on stuck on this. Uh, it is. It is. And it and it finally gets a studio recording four years on. Um mm-hmm. Mr. Crinkle, insane song, insane video. And I believe the song's title is inspired by Mike Borden from Faith No More. Oh, okay. I I I've, I've heard somewhere, I could be wrong, but Mr. Crinkle was the um alter ego of Mike Borden whenever he'd check into a hotel or something like that. It's, <laughs> it, it's just something funny. It's, it, I mean, it could be an urban legend or, or not, but I think I've heard that somewhere. But I, I, I love the video to that one. Like the, yeah. the pig mask, the cello, everything going crazy, and it's all in one take. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That, you know, that's, um, that's, another, that's another thing that I miss is that how inventive music videos were for a yeah. little while um, in the '90s. Also, I mean, there's still there's still perfectly fine music videos done now, but it doesn't it doesn't have the same charm that it did then because I because the the technology wasn't all you know digital technology wasn't all crazy yet. So uh, yeah. there were so many videos where they had to come up with with camera tricks and other you know little shortcuts to make something work. But I like, I don't know if you you remember this. I mean, you don't because you weren't there, but I don't know if you know about this, but on MTV starting at about maybe 91 or 92, like the music video game got so big that, you know, at the very beginning of a music video, it would be a little credit that popped up at the bottom and it would say, here's the band, here's the song, yeah. here's the album that it's from. They started including the director of the video's name in the first credit that popped up. Because I've seen that, yeah, like on old Headbangers ball footage, I've seen that, yeah. And it, Because it became such a big deal of like, well, who, who did this fucking video? And that's, that's fucking awesome. And some of those people, like we talked about with the Billy Idol one, the Cradle of Love video, that dude went off to be a great director. And then I think, yeah. you know, other, other big ass directors did music videos and a video like Mr. Crinkle just reminds me of that time period where it was like when somebody had a new music video. And when I say somebody, I usually mean like, unfortunately, usually I mean a rock band because I feel like in the area, in the areas of hip hop and pop music, there normally wasn't that big of a push to do anything unique. But, yeah. um, so when rock bands would, would, would bring out new videos, it was always kind of like, Oh, I wonder what the fuck they're going to do this time. And, yeah. um, so I, I just, it's a little, a little aside, a little tangent about music videos, but the Mr. Crinkle one is great. And I just, um, ne- we're never going to get back there folks. It's never going to happen again. So that's that's why I'll just go back and watch my old old Headbangers Ball episodes, and uh, just remember back when music videos were exciting, <laughs> and MTV <laughs> played music. Hey, you know back then. Yeah. Anyway, it's a lost yeah, art. Where were we on here? <laughs> on here? Yeah. Uh, um, I've got the air is getting slippery. Uh, I don't know how to describe this one, but I love it. Yeah, it's awfully hot in here today. Incredibly hot in here. Um. Hamburger train. (laughs) Oh, man. And then you get Hamburger Train, which is this eight-minute slap fest, which is gnarly. Do do you know where the sample from the beginning of Hamburger Train comes from? From the Hamburger hamburger train. Train, right? So, one, do you know who that is? Two, do you know what it's from? I'm I may end up kicking myself. What's it from? Um, it's from a movie called Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams. Oh fuck. But it's not yeah. Cheech or Chong, it's Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, that says oh. that line. There there's a really weird scene where like they're I think and I'm thinking it's like there's a whole lot of drugs, not just weed in nice dreams. And if I remember yeah. right, like Paul Rubens is doing like, you're the guy from the hamburger train, right? Like he's doing that. <laughs> anyway, a little, little tidbit. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's been uh, a long ass time since I've seen Cheech and Chong. I need, I need to watch those. Oh, I need to watch those again. First yeah. few were fun movies. I mean, up in smoke's a classic, but yeah, but yeah, there's, there's some, there's some pre pre, well, I don't know. I guess he was already doing Pee Wee Herman, 
um, at that point. Cause he, he did that pretty early, uh, Paul mm. Rubens, but, um, but it was pre Peewee's playhouse anyway. Like, I don't think that was a thing yet. It, it wasn't <laughs> a, it, anyway, I, we, this is not the Peewee Herman ranking. This is the, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but what better band would it be to like lead us to Peewee Herman than, uh, how yeah. Thomas? I, I expected nothing less. So uh, <laughs> then we get uh, Pork Chop's Little Ditty again, which is a slightly longer ditty than the opener. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you get Hail Santa, which is this kind of creepy, creepy track. And like, it, this is like the probably the most atmospheric of the first three. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it relies as much on vibe as it does songs. Like you say, it's got both kind of um, worlds that Primus kind of inhabit. But, you know, it's a killer album. But when I went through and, and listened to the albums again, I was kind of like, I don't know if it is my number one. And hell, next week it could be. And then, yeah. then the week after that, it could be Frizzle Fry. It's super hard. This is one of the hardest <laughs> rankings I've ever done. But yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Um, and my, my number two, this, my, I had a pretty clear number one, even though I, even though I second guessed myself um, several times. But, uh, I, but I, 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 I stayed with what, how I felt in the beginning. And, and so my number two um, ended up being Frizzle Fry from 1990 their their debut studio album and i mean it's the rawest and noisiest album that they put out um maybe maybe if you want to throw you know brown album into that but um i don't really i just call that poor production choices but i mean you know that's yeah that's (laughs) to each their own some people are okay with that um the, the amazing thing to me about this and you could say the same about suck on this and frizzle fry the the fact that like like I, re- I know that Primus existed in, in, in different forms prior to this trio, but the fact that like from album number one there was such a clear style from the beginning, yeah, and the fact that it was a style that I don't think anyone else had ever done. So the fact that they had this unique take on on the music that they were making, it was already ready to go. Album number one. And that's just amazing to me. And the fact that like you listen to Frizzle Fry and it's hard now because we've got years and years and years removed and and Primus have been there and other bands influenced by Primus have been here and other um, alternative metal and, and, and bands of the like. Those bands have now all existed for 30 years or whatever. But when you listen to Frizzle Fry, it's like they were breaking ground that I don't think anybody knew could be broken. Yeah. I feel like they were, do, they, it's like if there was a, a big ass slab of concrete, they were way over in a corner that people were going to like, we'll get to that one later. And they're like, no, no, we're going to this one right now. <laughs> and, like, <Yeah. laughs> and so it's like a sound that like is beyond what anyone else had been doing. But I don't think anyone had these particular ideas to do this. Yeah. And um, it's still such an exciting album to listen to like all the way through. And sure, they would refine their songwriting and production values would increase and get better. But man, like there's an energy to this album that um, and I and I and I get I get why this album is unique in a certain way, because I understand that if you're not in, if you're not if you don't want to be lumped in with metal bands eventually your sound is going to move away from being heavy. Mm. I understand that. But to somebody like me, like that's what made me love Primus in the beginning was the fact that they were so odd and had a sound that I couldn't compare to anything else. But there was elements that I go that I feel like this is for me, even though like I'm also, you know, going and listening to, to you know, when I got into when I got into them, I guess I was already into to Faith No More and stuff like that. So I was already, you know, I already heard stuff like that. But I was also perfectly fine listening to to Motley Crue 
or you know you think Guns N' Roses and things like that but just the fact that this somehow had something in it that spoke to me like yeah like this isn't it's it's it seems weird but it also seems like like maybe my kind of weird like you know like I feel like I, I fit in with this somehow there's a there's a generous amount of double kick on Frizzle Fry like there are a lot yeah. of moments rhythmically where it is like uh oh, these guys have been listening to some thrash and uh yeah. you know or, or uh, we're in a thrash band <laughs> we're in a thrash band yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like if they had started off if this if primus had started off being the kind of band that made like green naga hide i don't know if i would have connected with them the way that i did so that mm. that's why it's important to me the early stuff and how they have that heavy edge because that's where i kind of I felt like I was part of the ride and coming along with them. And then of course, because I was already a fan then wherever they went, you know, I, I was, you know, at this point now that I, now that I know their entire discography, well, I've heard, you know, their, their more recent albums, um, a couple times, except for the chocolate factory. I only gave that one listen, but you know, to each their own, if you're into that, but, um, <laughs> I'm now, you know, I'm now it's safe to say, like, I'm just, I'm just a Primus fan. Like I, whatever they do, I'm kind of along for the ride because, um, it's at least enjoyable and, and still like no other fucking band. Um, but Frizzle Fry is my number two because it's just, I love the raw energy of it. Um, but song wise, they would top themselves, um, in my opinion and in yours too, because we have a joint number one. We matched up almost all the way yeah. uh, through this episode um, but we end up at the, you know, with number one right next to each other with our number one. So let's, uh, let's just, let's take it away. Nice. So my number one is Sailing the Seas of Cheese. And it is unfuckwithable. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, right out of the gate, you get Seas of Cheese, this like fun little poem to kick it off. Uh, mm-hmm. And then here come the bastards. Like here they come, here come the bastards I heard it from. So cool to have a um such a catchy song in like five four time. Like that's a <laughs> yeah. fun time signature to fuck around with. Um for those out there who don't know what a time signature does, that's what you are counting to in the song. So as opposed to a one, two, three, four, you're doing a one, two, three, four. One, two, three. So it's a really odd thing stylistically to choose, but it works. And most of the time, most of the time, for your average music listener, if a band is doing it right, sometimes you don't even notice that there's an odd yeah. time signature. It's just how the song goes. And um, Primus is one of those bands that can do some do an odd time signature, and you're just like, oh no, it's it seems perfectly normal what they're doing. <laughs> Yeah, in their in their abnormal kind of way. <laughs> oh man, and and then right after that, you get Sergeant Baker, which is one of my favorite favorite like top five Primus songs. Like mm-hmm. the the riffs with the right did it did it the left did it did it the right did it did it left did it right. Yeah. Um. Uh, American Life, super cool baseline in that one. Uh, Jerry was a race car driver. I remember going to college with a guy called uh, Rowan, and he was a big Les Claypool guy when it came to his bass playing. And he was absolutely insanely good at his instrument, crazy good player. But I remember jamming this song with him back in the day, and it's just such a fun song to play, let alone listen to. And yeah. I go ballistic to this day when I hear that um, that breakdown where it's just like that's a good that's a good example of a Les Claypool riff where I'm not sure what he's playing there. Yeah, like I have an idea that it goes from lower to higher, but even in the higher part, like what is it? What is what exactly is happening there? Yeah, it's but but so many so much on this album has that It has like riffs. Like we like, I know you 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 already went over American Life, but the bass line in that, like, what is he playing? Like, that's the only yeah. way to describe it. 
it's just it's a jumble of notes that all work together in some yeah. sort of really weird way and uh it's great but yeah i mean it's a, there's there's a lot of that like oh man 11 named after its wild time signature like that's another one we're saying yeah like I, I, I. it's so it's such a it, this album is genius because every song like this is why this album sits at the top because yeah it introduces a bit more weirdness they're a little bit more confident not relying too hard on the heaviness while it is still there mm-hmm. um but god damn like it's a lot that one. Once, again, once again, another one of those fucking bassides. <laughs> uh, Grandad's little ditty, like a fun little interlude of Grandad singing in the shower. Um, like <laughs> only they can get away with it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, then Tommy the Cat, crazy, crazy complex song. The fact that he does those crazy fast vocals over the top proves that Les Claypool has alien DNA. And were it not for such a great disguise, he would be at Area 51 right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. Southington Waltz is a crazy avant-garde instrumental. Those damn blue-collar tweakers. God damn. Ed, thumping grooves in this one. Very dynamic song. Yeah. Fish on Fisherman Chronicles chapter two uh, is a sequel to John the Fisherman takes you on this wild ride. And then finally you get uh, Lost Bastardos uh, and Primus like to end most of their albums with a callback to how it opened. And this is just that an extremely crazy variation on what they'd established with Here Come the Bastards. But God damn, dude, like. When I really objectively looked at these top three, I thought subjectively it could be any of them, but this one has such a confidence and hit factor to every song that, like, mm. even the songs I like less are still insanely memorable. So mm. with that, I I couldn't not put it at the top. So yeah, agreed. Also, I mean, obviously, also my number one. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start at the end where, where you left off with Los Bastardos because I was pointing out like the sample from Hamburger Train, but there are also samples in Los Bastardos, and yeah. it was a big deal for me at the time because um, the samples, like you hear, like you know, you just called me a bastard, didn't you? And it's yeah. those are from uh, the show The Young Ones. Uh, uh, one of the best UK comedies ever made in my (laughs) opinion. And I remember like, I already loved this album the first time I heard it. And then when I heard those, cause I was already, I mean, I was really big on British comedy, especially that show. And just hearing those, I'm all like, yeah, "Yeah, these dudes are like, they're perfect. I'm so they're they're even, even into the young ones. Um, (laughs) but, uh, so yeah, I think we talked about it last time where I was, you know, talking about, I couldn't remember if I got into them through Bill and Ted's bogus journey or not. And I still don't remember, but I, but whatever happened, I ended up getting this album and, um, it, I, I've, I've, I loved it from the first time I listened to it and it's never gone away. It's one of my favorite albums of the nineties. And yeah, you, you said you, you kept saying the word confidence and I, and that's, you get that. Like there's a, there's that second album thing of like, there's still, a, there's still a lot of ambition, but now there's a lot of confidence and you really hear it through Primus in this album. It's ride the lightning and, syndrome. Yeah. Albums like ride the lightning. Um, but th- I, I really <laughs> do think that when it comes to just a collection of songs, this is Primus's most solid grouping of songs. Where, like you said, even the songs that are not your favorites are still, fucking bangers in their own right Mm. and um yeah still has a little bit of the early raw edge but you can already hear clearly they're headed in other directions and they would continue to go in those directions with their next couple albums but um the the interesting thing about a band like primus and 
Um, I can't really speak for everybody, but I can speak to my experience as a young person in 91, 92. So the, the thing that was so great is that, you know, Sailing the Seas of Cheese was on a major record label. And I was a, I wasn't, I, I, I said this already, like I listened to all kinds of different music. I wasn't a weird kid. Like I did, I wasn't the kind of person that only listened to weird music. I listened to shit that was on the radio all the way to really heavy stuff that I was discovering at the time. But the fact that Primus was a band that came out and to me, nothing about it seemed weird or out of place. Like, I think some people could listen to Primus and go, what are they doing? Or... Why do they make this kind of music? But for some reason, my headspace at the time, it they came across as just another cool band that just happened to have their own sound. Like there was no part of it. And I, and I don't know if that has to do with, with being a young person in the early 90s or how that all works. But I just, if I think about what they're doing, if I take a step back and listen to, like you said, what the bass plays, what the guitars are doing, what the drums do, it shouldn't work. And in theory, if you wrote it down on paper, here's what they're doing. It would be like, what the fuck is this band? But altogether, like it didn't come across that way. It was just like, yeah, this band sounds like this and they fucking kick ass. There was no, there was nothing about it that like made me think this is unusual. It was just fucking great. And that's, it's, it's an interesting, my, my experience with this album, like, you know, 30, 30, it's been 30 years now since this album came mm-hmm. out. And crazy, it's it's aged amazingly well. Yeah. And um, so I don't I don't have a lot to add from what you said because you kind of nailed it with a lot of a lot of the things you said because it's 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 uh, not not the best produced Primus album. Um, there's a few times where I think the bait. I know this is probably sacrilegious when I'm talking about Primus, but the bass guitar is a little too loud on a few tracks. Where like <laughs> it overpowers the guitar a bit too much, and I'm like, I'd like to hear some of that in there. But that's like that's like I said, when you get to Pork Soda, there's none of that. I think in Pork Soda, they they everything. I think because the ratio is right. Yeah, yeah, it lives in the in the right spaces. But that doesn't matter for Seas of Cheese because just the 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 types of the the songs are just so good, and yeah, never get old. Like a song from this randomly coming up on shuffle, it's never going to get skipped. And, um, yeah. so yeah, it ended up also being my number one. Cause it's, it's, it's one of my favorite albums of the nineties and it's just a fucking banger. And, um, yeah, so there, there, there we go. That is, that is our primus ranking three, two, one. Yeah, yeah we, we did, did it. <laughs> I don't know if there's, I'm, I'm assuming there's still a lag in my shit. <laughs> nah, nah, I, I, I timed it. We're good. Oh, okay, Perfect. okay. If we're we're Just always guess. a little bit off because we're so we're we're so far away from each other. I don't know how many miles <laughs> it is, but it's thousands of miles, right? It it's a it's a fair chunk. It's a it's a fair old track. Yeah, I could I could look it up and find out if I wanted to walk and swim there. How how far would it be? <laughs> <laughs> it would take a long Should time. We find out now. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. So let's. Wait. Okay, I'm just gonna Google how far away. How far is it from Cornwall to Texas? Yep, four thousand seven hundred fifty-two miles. Wow. Wait, how much? So how much did it tell you? Uh I oh, just never mind. Ne- never mind. Mine was mine was significantly less because apparently there is also a Cornwall in Canada, so um, <laughs> that's a little that's an easier trek apparently. But uh, yeah, so that's hey. how far we are away from each other. Damn, and the internet knows this. Yeah, the the internet is is a is a crazy thing. But but you know what? But, but dude. <laughs> But due to uh, 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 the, the advancements in technology and, uh, and, and all the wonderful things that we have today, we're able to do this podcast. And, uh, and Hell yeah. This, I, mean, I mean, honestly, like if you had told me this back when I was a kid, I'd be like, that's like Star Trek shit right there. I mean, we're going to get to see each other and talk to each other yeah. from a different country. 
That's insane. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, uh, peanut butter platypus. To those of you who made peanut it through this platypus. episode, because this this has been an interesting episode. If you're just listening to the podcast version, I'm assuming that you don't even know because you know there's no visuals and um, editing is usually pretty seamless. But on the video side of things, on the YouTube side of things, um, we had an odd beginning with no video, and then we had a couple cuts. I could probably do it in kind of a way where it's you know pretty interesting, maybe I don't know. <laughs> But um, <laughs> weird music, weird episode. We're not perfect all the time, folks. But um, but we did get through Primus in uh, two exciting episodes. Hopefully, everyone enjoyed this. And as usual, comment in the in the YouTube comments, and you know what are your top five Primus albums. Um, but I would say yes, if you're brand new to Primus, um, go to go to Pork Soda first. Um, I mean, yeah. Seas of Cheese is, a, is an amazing album, but I really do think that um, getting to know Primus, you get you get to know them pretty quick on uh, on Pork Soda. So, um, so yeah, any parting words for the uh, ladies and gentlemen out in the audience before we uh, get out of here? Oh, fuck. I, I, I had a little <laughs> tip of my tongue then. Shit. Uh, when the going gets tough and the stomach acids flow... No wind of conformity is nipping at your nose. Mm-hmm. Bring it to your knees. You, you, you lost it right Come there. Come with me, we'll sail the seas of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I had most of it. It was beautiful. Um. All right. Well, then that that wraps it up for this episode <laughs> of. <laughs> Thank you for joining us <laughs> on Cranked and Ranked. <laughs> and um, <laughs> next week. We'll be back. <laughs> I was gonna do the whole fucking album, dude. We we'll be uh, we'll be back next week with another uh, band discography. Um and uh, yeah, looking forward to this one too. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't I can't say thank you to everyone out there enough for continuing to listen to and watch uh, my stuff, our stuff. Um, just so you know, for people that are, that are missing, um, Eddie Sparks, like he is working on something big. He's, I'm uh, working on a big one, a two part, possibly three. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> cool. So yeah, so that's it. That's all we got. Uh, we'll, I'm, I'm let you guys get back to your life because you've, you've spent enough time with us. Um, but yeah, we'll see you back again in a week. Um, until then, uh, old head saying thank you and good night, and as usual, throwing it over to Mr. Eddie Sparks to take us out. Later, dude.